0: Fishing Like a Local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker.
1: Welcome to Season 2, Episode 43 of the North American Outdoors Podcast. My name is Heidi Rayo, and I'm coming to you from the great state of Texas. If you are a regular listener, you know that my downloads launch on Friday mornings at 5 a.m. Well, this Friday morning, it happens to be Christmas. So Merry Christmas to everyone or whatever you celebrate. And I wanted to do something a little bit different today as we celebrate um, Christmas and celebrate family and blessings and things that we are thankful for and all about our traditions. So I brought with me today in my little podcasting studio, a few of my boys, my own boys who are ages 18, 16, 14, and 11. So what I want to do is interview them and I want you to hear straight from them some of their best memories, some of the things that they are thankful for, some of the blessings in their lives, and how the outdoors has impacted each and every one of them. So starting off, we will start with the oldest. Um, this is Dominic Rayo. He is sitting here with me in my studio, and I am going to turn it over to Dominic and let him introduce himself and have him tell us a little bit about who is Dominic. Dominic?
2: Well, hi, my name is Dominic Rayo. I am Heidi's son. I just wanted to wish you all Merry Christmas. Um, this is my first time actually being in her her podcast area and being on one of our podcasts. And I think it's really neat to, to talk about the stuff I like doing and the outdoors and stuff like that.
1: Awesome. So tell us a little bit about um, what we do around the holidays and how we celebrate usually the time frame between Thanksgiving and Christmas. So talk a little bit about some of your favorite traditions that we have. Uh, Maybe tell everybody about what are our traditions? What do we do around Thanksgiving? What do we do leading up to Christmas, Um, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day? So tell everybody about some of the traditions that you've grown up with.
2: Well, the traditions that I've grown up with is Thanksgiving and Christmas. Uh, all my brothers and my dad and everyone will, will all make pies. We'll make from a variety from coconut cream pie to fudge, fudge pecan, pumpkin. We'll make all sorts of pies. And we also make different uh, types of cookies with my dad and my oh.
1: Yeah. So not only do they make pies and cookies, they do them all from scratch. So that is something that was passed down from John, my husband, his parents, they love to bake and cook. My parents love to bake and cook. And those were some of the traditions that were passed down to me when I was a kid growing up, as well as John, my husband, when he was a kid growing up, everything was done from scratch, from homemade. There was no store-bought pies, no store-bought cookies that sat around our Thanksgiving or our Christmas tables. So that's something that we pass down to our kids is everything is done from scratch. And we go so far as to set up a pretty good size, about a six-foot table in our kitchen, and we cover it with the Christmas tablecloth. And after Thanksgiving, the baking begins, and we have nothing but tins upon tins upon tins loaded and filled with cookies of all different kinds. So, what's your favorite Christmas cookie that we make?
2: Well, we make a variety of Christmas cookies. We make something called Grinch hearts, which are green dyed cookies with hot tamales in the center of them. We make Texas
1: cowboy Texas cookies.
2: Cowboy cookies um with crumbs and all types of stuff in it, chocolate chip and everything. My favorite's the Grinch cookies
1: right? And we also do the peanut butter, which is my kryptonite. Anything peanut butter goes for me. And what about the pies?
2: Well, the pie, each each of my brothers and my dad, each of my brothers they have a different pie, sort of like assigned to them that they um make. My youngest brother, Luke, he'll make the fudge pies. Matthew will make the cranberry. John John will make fudge pecan. And my favorite and the one that I make is the coconut cream pie.
1: Very good. And so... The other thing we do is we always include, of course, our family around the holidays, but we also reach out to some of our neighbors and some of our longtime friends who may not have people where they go to their homes and celebrate meals if if their friends or family have moved away or they're no longer with us. We always have reached out and have included some of our dear friends that are almost like family to us. So that's that's a really special memory to me. So Dominic tell me growing up what um something you look back on with tradition what what is something besides your pies and your cookies what is something that you can look back over the last 18 years that means a lot to you around the holidays
2: Well something that I look back on is this sounds general but all of our family always gets together on Christmas we get we get all of our um blood related family and we also get like you said our neighbors and everything we just get everybody together and we, we all eat and have a good time.
1: That's one thing that we've tried to keep over the years, of course, raising kids, is we've tried to keep keep it constant and uh, keep those traditions going. So every year we kind of all know what to expect. And those routines that we do, uh, we, we try to keep that going from from year to year. Another tradition that we do on Christmas Eve is we always have an early lunch and we've always had lasagna. And sometimes if we're lucky enough to have my sister-in-law, she will make homemade lasagna and bring that over. And we have our cousins and nieces and nephews come over and we have a big traditional Italian um, lasagna brunch on Christmas Eve. Then we exchange gifts, and usually um, at that point, everybody goes their separate ways to go back to their own mass or their service for Christmas Eve. And growing up um, around our family, my kids have always sang in the Christmas choir. Christmas Eve mass at four thirty always had the children's choir, and since my boys were. Three, four years old, they were able to join and sing. And Dominic participated in that for many, many years. And you want to talk about some of your memories having Christmas choir, Christmas Eve mass?
2: Yes. So like you said, I grew up into the Christmas choir at our church. And then whenever I aged up, whenever I aged out, all my brothers came up and went through it. And it was neat turning around and seeing them do what I used to do. And then after I aged out of the Christmas choir, I was in band at the time. I was forced to go to band. What do
1: you mean? You were forced to go into band.
2: I was forced to go into band by my mom. (laughs) And once I aged out of the Christmas choir, I turned around and went to the the Christmas band. And I was actually on the other side of the choir playing my euphonium.
1: What's a euphonium?
2: It's like a baby tuba. (laughs)
1: And so you were able to play in the Christmas band and and toot on your euphonium, the deep bass sound for all the Christmas carols. Yes. Was that fun?
2: It was fun looking back on it.
1: And how long did you stay in band?
2: Uh, I dropped out right when I started high school.
1: Why did you quit it?
2: Because it was not for me.
1: Not for you, right. <laughs> And are there any other memories that you have to share about Christmas and the holidays?
2: Well, one more thing I remember growing up is our family always found time to be outdoors. We'd go on camping trips, we'd go hunting, trapping, anything like that around around the holidays We'd fishing we'd we'd find a way to stay outside. Just recently after Christmas, we'd be going on this thing called the Panhandle hunt. I'm part of our Boy Scout crew. Thirty out six, where we go on hunts and outdoor-related activities, and we've been working on this panhandle hunt where we go up into the panhandle and we shoot a variety of animals such as waterfowl. Sometimes we'll stray off and go pronghorn hunting. We'll uh, go go for a prairie dog and Pheasants. stuff like that. Pheasants,
1: yeah. So I hope that when you have a family of your own one day, you'll be able to carry on very similar traditions like we have raised you and passed on to you over the years. Always keeping family, keeping God, and keeping the outdoors central to who you are. So I appreciate your time this morning, Dominic. Anything else you'd like to say to close it up?
2: No, just growing up with our faith, family, and solid traditions that I've grown up around have made me who I am. I encourage all y'all to find time to go out in the nature and, and look at all the great gifts God's given us and make your own traditions and stay true to who you are.
1: Well said. All right. We'll talk to you soon, Dominic. Bye. Bye. So next we have with us in the podcasting studio of North American outdoors, we have my number two and only child, Matthew Rayo. He comes to join us to tell us a little bit about his favorite family traditions around the holidays.
3: So, like she said, my name is Matthew. Um, I'm 16, a junior in high school. I do football and powerlifting. Um, just some background information about me. But my favorite things about the holidays are a lot of cooking, uh, baking, making stuff like that. Um, the Children's Christmas Choir and opening presents. So that's just some of the things I like about all the holidays.
1: So you touched on cooking and baking. So tell us what it's like at Casa de Rio, um, starting around Thanksgiving time, when we pull out that six foot long table that I mentioned earlier, we throw a nice Christmas holiday tablecloth on top of it. How many Christmas cookie tins do we have at any given time on that table
3: um there's tins full of cookies all different types um brownies it's just chaotic in the kitchen most of the time (laughs) but um yeah it's just a lot of food um that we make
1: so that comes down from uh, like i mentioned earlier too. my parents there was always enough food and i was always taught That It's better to cook for an army and have plenty of leftovers than to not have enough because you never know who's going to drop in or show up. You always want to welcome them and show your love through food. And that's the way my husband John was raised as well. There was never a shortage of food. And raising four boys, um, we learned that lesson the hard way is always have enough food because there's no such thing as a leftover in my house, especially when it comes to cookies and desserts. So, Matthew, tell us about your favorite cookies that you like to bake.
3: Um, We make Texas Cowboy Cookies, which has basically it's a mixture of everything of oats, chocolate chips, peanut butter um, you name it, everything's in there, and it's really good. It has a whole bunch of flavors, and it's the most fun to make because it's the most ingredients you put in there and mix. So,
1: and what about pies? I know Dominic mentioned about all the pies that we bake around Christmas time. Tell me about your pie baking days.
3: So the pie that I always make is cranberry pie. Um, that's always been my favorite. Um, just uh, crushing them up in the blender, and it's really good. So. So
1: what is the best part about having those days when you're in the kitchen for hours upon hours with mostly dad, because I get kicked out of the kitchen a lot of times, because that's not the best place for me to be, right? I mean, I can turn the lights on and, and rinse off dishes, and that's about my extent of kitchen time. So what's, what's the fondest memories that you have working in the kitchen with your dad?
3: Um mainly it's just really chaotic but the best part about it is eating it at the end. But
1: <laughs> Why is it so chaotic?
3: I don't know because we have a whole bunch of different kinds of cookies being made, pies being blended and mixed, dogs barking, so it's just chaotic.
1: How do we keep the dogs out of there?
3: Um we don't.
1: <laughs> They're mostly at our feet and our ankles waiting for the drops of cookie dough to fall and hit the ground. Yeah. So you talked about Christmas choir. Tell us a little bit about your favorite memories growing up with Christmas choir.
3: I remember as a kid always going to practices every Sunday since like Thanksgiving, every Sunday of the week, going to Christmas choir. And then once I got a little too old, I remember going, watching my younger brothers follow the same footsteps I did. And at one point when I did band in middle school, I played trumpet for one of the, yearly christmas choirs. So that was a memory that I'll remember, but yeah.
1: And then you also mentioned opening gifts. Why is that so fun?
3: Because it's opening gifts, yeah. I don't know. It's exciting, so.
1: So what's your best memory with the different types of gifts that you've received?
3: Um one of the best memories I got was a gun that I got um a 22 rifle. And that was about three years ago, and so it was exciting to get. Another thing I like about Christmas break is my family always finds time to, to go outdoors, whether that's hunting, fishing, and a big memory I have is going to the Texas Panhandle in negative degree weather with the winds blaring and snow, and my first um, time really hunting in cold weather instead of just 40 degree weather. I mean, it was in the negatives, the... You couldn't feel your feet, your hands. You, I mean, it was cold up there. So that's one memory I really like about Christmas. Just thinking about it, um, going to Dumas and Cactus, so Texas. So, yeah.
1: so that's one thing. Living on the Texas coast, uh, we do not see a change of seasons where we live. So when the kids get to experience traveling outside of the Texas coast, around wintertime, they got fully emerged in a full-on Texas winter, which Texas does have winter up in the the northern, northern parts of the state. It was, like Matthew said, in the negatives, and the winds were howling on the flat plains, and we got to go on a duck hunt and a goose hunt. And so that's what he was referring to because we are also part of the Venture Hunting Boy Scout Crew 30 at 6. And we try to get as many youth hunts and hunting opportunities as we can as part of our scouting crew. And we've gone to the Texas Panhandle for the past several Christmas breaks. And so they got to experience a little bit of hunting. Were you successful?
3: Um. I shot one northern pintail, but it got eaten by a hawk because by the time I was able to get down to the frozen lake, there was already um, falcons on it. So. <laughs>
1: right. Did you fight the falcon or did you let him? Take-
3: no, I mean, I tried to uh, wave it away with the pole that I had to get it out of the water. And by the time I got it, the bird's breast was already taken out. Uh, there was nothing left to it. So
1: And the bird said, thank you for making an easy meal, right? Yep. Good. Good. <laughs> So what else do you think about, um, looking back when you were younger, what are some other things that we did as a family around the holidays?
3: Around the holidays, we'd go to our family's house, um, relatives, and we'd go to landowners that we knew closely, family, friends, and we got to hunt on their property, shoot deer just closing up the season.
1: So are there any other comments that you'd like to add about the Christmas holidays or Christmas memories that you have growing up?
3: Not really. I just hope that everyone listening finds time to be with their family, be outside, make good memories um, and stuff to look back and laugh on.
1: Very good. Well, we appreciate your time, Matthew. Thanks. Thank you. Bye. Bye. And now, who's entered my podcasting studio is my one and only number three, John John Rayo. He has come to us to share some of his favorite Christmas and holiday memories. Hey, John John. Hi. So, would you like to tell everybody a little bit about who you are?
4: I am John John Rayo. I am the third. I'm in eighth grade. I am 14. I play football, baseball, and I like to lift with my brother Matthew.
1: So, what is your favorite time of year?
4: Christmas time.
1: Okay, so tell us a little bit about what are some of your favorite childhood memories of this season?
4: My favorite memories are when family comes down or we go to them and just spend the holiday there and we cook homemade food, um, pies, we go outside, play with our cousins and just have fun.
1: So you talked about cooking. What are some of the things that you like to cook?
4: I like to cook fudge pie, coconut cream pie, and pecan pie.
1: So do you get those out of a box and prepare it and make it that way? Or what are your
4: we procedures? start the pie from scratch and we put all the ingredients in and make the pie homemade.
1: Does your mama come in the kitchen? No. Why?
4: Because she can't cook that well as dad. <laughs>
1: true story. I do not cook. I try. I try really hard. I make valiant attempts but the kitchen is not my friend so therefore as you've heard with the other accounts by the other brothers um i pretty much stay out of the kitchen so dad is the one that does all of the baking and the cooking and the family traditions thankfully to be able to pass those skills down to the boys because all the boys are amazing cooks and they do a great job doing it so john john what is your favorite type of cookie that you make
4: uh the texas cowboy cookie why? Because it has everything in it.
1: Okay. Good. 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 And at any given time, how many cookie tins do we have on our table?
4: Over ten.
1: At least. at least. At least. So, what are some of the other things that you remember growing up as our family traditions around the holidays?
4: Um, I remember we had this elf, and then me and my brother when we were like seven. Woke up before school, and then we found the elf, and then just, we looked for it for a while, but then when we found it, we just hung out and watched Christmas movies before school.
1: What kind of an elf?
4: Uh Elf on the shelf. The
1: elf on the shelf? So what did we name him? Buddy. Why? I don't know. After the movie Elf. Oh, yeah. We named him Buddy, and Buddy always appears after Thanksgiving, right? Yes. So Thanksgiving night, Buddy comes back from the North Pole, and he lands at our Rayo house, and every night, he goes back to the North Pole, and he reports to Santa what he sees, what he hears, if the boys do any chores, if they don't do any chores, if they listen to their mom and dad, and then he goes and reports back to Santa, and he comes back that evening and he usually lands in a different spot right yes and he's always watching so very good so tell me about what do we do i know your brothers talked about christmas eve mass what are some of your memories about christmas mass
4: well we would always get to mass about an hour early and then wait outside in the cold (laughs) until they open the doors and when they open the doors we would take our seats and then my youngest brother, Luke, would sing in the Christmas choir a bunch of old and traditional Christmas songs, which is fun to hear.
1: Oh, you used to sing in the Christmas choir, too.
4: But I can't sing anymore.
1: But you did. I used to. And you actually had a couple solos when you were itty-bitty.
4: But I can't sing anymore. What happened? I grew up, and I can't sing now.
1: <laughs> your
4: your voice box stretched
1: Yeah. Well, good. So then we talk about Christmas Day and, of course, the fun that goes along with all the presents. And what are some other things that we try to do as a family um, over the Christmas holidays, over Christmas break? What are some of the memories you have?
4: We always go to JCPenney and get our Christmas pictures with everyone, with our dogs, which we didn't do this year because of COVID. But Every year, we took our dogs and get Christmas pictures. And sometimes, if they cooperate with us, we put them in nightgowns and Christmas suits.
1: Oh, that's right. So a couple, well, a couple years ago, we put when we had Badger, we put a tutu on Badger with a Santa hat. And who else had the Yukon? Yukon had a. Well, she didn't like it very much, did she? Mm -mm. Yeah, our dogs aren't dress-up kind of dogs. So this year we actually have another dog. We have um, Papa's dog, Cindy, and we just decided not to to attempt taking four dogs um, anywhere, anywhere, period, end we of story. Have Dakota now. Well, and we have Dakota the puppy. And so the dogs that we have are a breed called Finnish Spitz. And when we were researching dogs, um, well, to back up a little bit, we adopted Yukon, our oldest, from the shelter, and she looked like a little red fox, as a little furball of a puppy. And so we adopted her, but as soon as we got her home and she started to grow up, she had some really cool mannerisms. Um, she sang, and she howled, and her vocalization was huge, the amount of um, things that she could talk and sing and, and speak and so we never really knew what she was. And one day we were looking through a hunting magazine, of course, of all things. And there was a picture of her, what looked like, that was up against a tree and looking and barking at a bear. And it was a Finnish spitz. And we said, that's what she is, or she has a lot of Finnish spits in her. So we started doing some research and come to find out there were only four breeders in the United States. And yes, we've turned into that family that we actually looked into buying a dog, a purebred dog, but she was the coolest dog and we couldn't find out why there was only four breeders in the United States. Well, we found one in Georgia and made a road trip and we picked up Kodiak, which is a female, and we picked up Kodiak, and now we know why there are only four Finnish Spitz breeders in the United States. Why, John? John?
4: Because they bark 160 times a minute, and they don't shut up, ever.
1: <laughs> ever. <laughs> but she is the coolest dog, and they are the best with kids and families, and they're a lot of fun if you can tolerate all the barks. So, a husband, in his wisdom, decided that he wants to be Finnish Spitz breeders. Us, Rayos, wants to be dog breeders. So, we've been on the waiting list for this breeder in Georgia to get a male. And lo and behold, back in, I think, May or June of this year, um, they had a male ready for us to pick up. So, we did a road trip up to Georgia. We picked up the male named Dakota. And how's Dakota?
4: He is loud and he's still not potty trained. (laughs) He's working on that. He's still a puppy.
1: So, yeah. So we have three of these dogs now. And then, of course, we have our papa's dog, which... Um, she is just an instigator getting all the other dogs fired up. So we got off on a little tangent talking about our finished Bits dogs. But I know earlier we talked about um, when we're in the kitchen baking and cooking, we're usually surrounded by dogs, right? Yes. What are they doing?
4: They They're just in the way. We cook. We try to move hot things. So we're walking around the kitchen and they're just under us. So we trip and stuff.
1: So can you think of anything else that you'd like to share with the listeners?
4: Um, yes. Every holiday, we always try to go outdoors and go camping. And this year, I was fortunate to go to a youth leadership training called NYLT for Scouts. And it is basically a week-long camping trip in the uh, forest with no cell phones, You just go out, meet new people, and we work on leadership for a week. So the day after Christmas, I'm going to be gone at, I think it's called Bovee Camp. And for the next week, I will be camping, making new friends, and learning new leadership advice and skills.
1: So how important are having these outdoor activities in your life?
4: Very important because it gets you outside and it gives you knowledge on how to live and how to it gives you more knowledgeable skills you could use later on in life.
1: So what are some skills that you've learned um, being an outdoor kind of a kid growing up? What are some of the, those takeaway skills that you've learned that you've now used as you've grown
4: up? Well, we've learned the importance of the environment, for starters, and that helped me in biology this year. And we learned knot tying, which helps us when we're hunting, And when we're fishing, which helps us. And that's why scouts is very important because it gives us a lot of skills and things we need to know if we're going to be an outdoorsman.
1: Very well said. Do you have any last minute comments that you'd like to share before we wrap it up?
4: Um, Yeah. Enjoy the holidays. Find your place outside as much as you can and be safe with all this COVID stuff.
1: There is no better classroom than the outdoors, roaming the woods and waters, creating memories that will last a lifetime. This is Heidi Rayo, and you've heard another North American Outdoors podcast. For more information, visit northamericanoutdoors.org and follow us on Instagram at North American Outdoors. Have a great day.